11 o'clock hour here on Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tapnick, Schwartz with you. Expected to hear from Royals reliever Scott Barlow here in a couple of minutes. So he'll be calling in from Surprise, Arizona. We know J.J. Piccolo was on with us yesterday, and we asked him about how he feel about the depth at center field with a couple of the injuries, and he said, hey, look, in the next couple of days, we're likely to make a move. Well, what, six hours later, they did make a move. They signed veteran outfielder uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Like a few hours. Yeah, just a few hours later. Uh, and Matt Quattraro is actually speaking in the media here currently and has mentioned that center field is still Kyle Isbell's for the taking, but this gives him some depth. The quote from Quattraro is, I feel better about the depth, not because we didn't feel good about who was in camp. I feel better about the depth because you know how it is. One injury and all of a sudden you're really scrambling. Jackie Bradley Jr. was a name that actually we brought up right after we had JJ on because it's a name that had been rumored to Kansas City that the organization had interest in, you know, years ago. It's a depth piece. If they feel like the defense is there for Isbell, but maybe the offense isn't, maybe that's where Jackie Bradley Jr. can help contribute. He'll be in camp tomorrow and get some live at-bats before appearing in some games. So here's the thing. This is like uh, I've told you in baseball, no minor league deal is bad. It's like future contracts in the NFL. I don't have a problem like we mentioned with the Justin Ross deal. It's just it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything right now. They're bringing him in because they traded away Michael A. Taylor, and they should have. And then they unfortunately suffered multiple injuries at the outfield positions, which left them a guy short. And rather than give up the draft pick compensations for some of the guys who might've been available, they went out and signed a guy who they've reportedly have interested in for what? A couple years now. We've heard that name. So fine, go in there. The thing I keep trying to figure out is because where the Royals are right now is I'm always kind of curious. What is the timeline that we're going to ask JJ Piccolo to be successful in? Because he's a part of the old regime. There's no doubt about it. You can't separate those things. But now he's his own man, and he's doing his own gig. Do you value the timing differently than you normally would? The same? Is there a minimum amount? Yes. Because I'm trying to to separate them. Because the hitting development changed under J.J. Piccolo. The pitching development is now changing under J.J. Piccolo. So as far as I'm concerned, he's on like year one of the job. The hitting stuff just changed. The pitching stuff just changed. I'm, you know, I think you've got to give him three or four years to even find yeah. out if this is heading in the direction it's supposed to. Yeah, you have to separate. I mean, the same way we talk about, you know, remember Brett Veach was part of the, the the Chiefs organization, and then got promoted to being the general manager. And while we we do talk about the draft pick of Patrick Mahomes, we still know, even though he gets a ton of credit for that, he was not the GM of record when they drafted Patrick Mahomes. Nope. That was for a positive reason. Uh, that that people want to loop it, lump him in. It's not because the pick was bad. If the pick was bad. Nobody would be giving. Nobody would be saying it was his fault. So the same way I view it for Royals general manager now, JJ Piccolo. Uh, what happened prior? Yes, he was part of the organization. He's part of the organization that won a championship in 2015. But that, agreed. But, so but just wash this time away and be yeah. like it's even, I, Steven, Right? Isn't that how we should treat JJ? At minimum, at, at minimum, it's got to be three years. Uh, that's at bare minimum. If you look at how long it takes for for. Uh, an organization that just now has a new manager and a new pitching staff. And and now they have some similar pieces and a lot of similar pieces in the front office as a whole. The most of the front office staff is actually very, very similar. Look, it's hard um, because we, we can openly admit that we have a personal bias. We get along with JJ. He comes on our show. But it doesn't mean that I don't think that there are reasons to demand things get better fast. That's why his mentor is out and he's in is because. And the new owner chose him, by the way. <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? Like he could have chosen any GM. He could have gone a hundred different directions and he chose to promote JJ. 
because they believed in the messaging or what he was his plan for the baseball team was or any of those things. And I can't imagine how awkward it is to essentially be interviewing for a job that you've always wanted while the guy who helped you get that job was being pushed out the door. Because, but the, if you're going to do that, though, you can't treat him like a guy who was just a part of the last thing. We see this with, because it's harder. Like, I think with coaches, it's a little different. We see with interim NFL head coaches, like, ah, they're part of the, the losing. And they'll do winning. They'll win. They'll win better than the last team did. Like uh, Steve Wilkes, right? He was winning more than the guy who just got fired. Eh, but you're part of the last thing, so you got to get the hell out. I think that that would be a really unfair way to look at a general manager setup, considering they're not treating it the same. Like, it's not the same. Like, they're, again, the pitching thing is maybe the most clear thing that, like, J.J. had some ideas of how he would handle things a little bit differently if he were the head man in charge, and he's now implementing those ideas. That feels vitally important to me when I'm considering. The Jackie Bradley Jr. move is, it's a move. It doesn't, like, it's not going to change the move. It's It's another left-handed bat. Yeah, but again, this is just one of those, like, you're looking for a best fit for what is a, not a desperate, but a semi-desperate situation. You got eight weeks, possibly, before Drew Waters can come back. You're just going to see if Jackie Bradley Jr. can make this squad. It's a minor league deal. You are not obligated to play him. Yeah. If you feel good about Isbell and some of the other young guys, you don't have to play him. It doesn't have to be anything like that. The problem is sometimes they turn these deals into this guy's playing five days every seven, and if there's no more injuries, obviously you and I would much rather they just play Isbell and see what they got. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean that's there, – there's like, let's also be honest. It's, May, uh, it's March 2nd, not May 2nd. March 2nd, and he was available. Yeah, yeah, and they are 29 days away yeah. or 28 days away from opening day. So that's part. They of need it. an outfielder. Yeah, they need they needed it, but also that, to that point, but also that he was still available March second. I think says a lot too. Yeah, where, I don't think they're he's counting, and he's the savior of their organization. Yeah, yeah. I just mean like not other, even. That. I'm just being other, hyperbolic. Other but. organizations. I mean, the guy was a free agent this late in the camp, um, based off of where he's been at as a player the last couple of years. You know, if this say, was three years ago. We'd be way more excited. Three years ago, people wanted the Royals to trade for him. Now he's just available in March the as one, a free agent signing. The one big difference for way that the Royals feel right now for me is at least it all feels like they're rowing the boat in the same direction. That is not how I would describe the last two or three years for the Royals. Like, you can tell. Like, we know with the Chiefs, right? Everybody's pushing towards the same goal. Everybody feels like they're on the same page, gold. The Royals, for the first time in a few years, like since really that 15, 16-year run, where there were more reports. Like, in 16 and 17 even, there were more reports of, one person liked to break this thing up and one person liked to do this. And we'd like to like, there felt like there were more people pushing and pulling than pulling in the same direction. Like I look at like what's happening with the Ravens right now. is actually a really good example of that for as good of an organization. They've been forever. They are clearly being pulled in multiple directions. Eric DaCosta said in a combine thing that they need better wide receivers. And then Rashad Bateman logically took offense to that. Guess who also took offense to that? Hollywood Brown, the former wide receiver for the Ravens, He's who right, are now all speaking up. He's correct. And Lamar Jackson's being informed by the NFLPA because they want him to get as many guaranteed dollars as they can possibly get. But this is it. When you're an organization that seems like it doesn't know where it's going, you end up pushing and pulling in a lot of different directions. That's what's happening with the Ravens. I'm trying to avoid that for the Royals. We'll get to the trash of the day in about 15 minutes or so. We're also expected at some point here uh, this half hour to be joined by Royals reliever Scott Barlow, who I, I guess I should have known from Players Weekend in 2019 that his nickname is Scoots Magoots. I need, I need some background on that one. That might be my first question. I need some Your first question is going to be about Scoots Magoots. That's his nickname. It's on MLB.com. Mm. And he was on the back of his back the back of his jersey. Is this like, okay, so I wouldn't do it. But is this like a you baseball reference uh-uh. made up nickname Why? situation? No, he wore it on his jersey. 
Oh, yeah, Players he did weekend. wear it on his jersey. Scoots, why wouldn't I ask about Scoots I don't know, man. It seems dicey. Well, you think there's some backstory we don't want to know? I'm going to ask about Scoots and Magoots. I think I just don't like it when you say it. That's The, the <laughs> nickname is the nickname, Nick. It's off-putting. I mean, Scoots and Magoots. Sounds offensive. It is his nickname on MLB.com. It can't be offensive. Hmm. Well, I mean, you sure? If he wore it on the back of his jersey, I can promise you it wasn't offensive. Promise me? I hope it's offensive. Major League Baseball proved it on the back of someone's jersey, Cody. I'm sorry. I'm actively reading. I'm looking for what it is so that gotcha. to find out if it's I mean, that's offensive. why we're going to ask him the question. It's not, okay, it's, can we stop with it? There's no chance it's, it's not offensive. Yeah. The guy had, scoot, had scoots magoots on the back of his know, damn man. jersey. I don't know. I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't touch it, bro. <sighs> yep. There's no chance, huh? I mean, you do like working in this industry, right, Gold? You like your job? You like your career, right? I, you want to for the second time this week? Let something offensive hit the airways? Uh-huh. I think you're trying to get fired. Yep. You got me. By the way, he gave his reasoning at the time, and the exact reasoning he gave was, makes me smile. So. (laughs) You think that'll be his answer again? I I don't know. Now I'm definitely asking him. (laughs) Now now you're definitely asking? Hey, Scott, does it still make you smile? When they do Players Weekend again this year, you going back to Scoots Magoots? Scoots Magoots. Do you think Vinice is going to say pass watch? Next questions you. What if he just sits down and says, no, "I'll be no like, what happened?" Next question. Oh, then I'll be. Like, what and no more between, questions from what me. What happened between now and 2019? Man, that would make the interview. And then he way slams the headset down and walks away. Hey, that's fine. Then too. what are we supposed to know what it means? Was it personal? And then, then it got John serious? Sherman calls your personal <laughs> cell phone. Gold. He, he he can do that. Do you think John Sherman has your? No. Has your number? And he, t- oh, he, he just texts you. In? He just no. texts you and it says, Are you bleeping <laughs> kidding me? This is John Sherman. <laughs> and I'm not happy. Uh, oh, man. Honestly, it seemed really bad if the owner called you. That feels like that. There's no way it's going to be like, Alex, I just wanted to say, love your work. Love the Scoots Magoots conversation. <laughs> we do know John Sherman Great has conversation our, he on has, Jackie Bradley he Jr. Definitely heard our Vinny Pasquatino interviews. I don't know if it was you know necessarily him driving around Kansas City listening, but he definitely has heard and was uh, at least provided audio of our Vinny Pasquatino interviews. That we do know is actually a f- fact. Yeah, it's true. Okay, well we'll get to the bottom of Scoots Magoots whenever Scott Barlow okay. joins us. Okay, can't wait. Can't can't wait to to get to the real real. Tough questions on this show. You're worried uh, about somebody the Chiefs are going to have to go up against. It's not Josh Allen anymore. You've you brushed Josh I was just, Allen aside. No, it's not It's not that he's not a good quarterback or those things. I was just trying to think about where are those run-ins going to consistently occur for the Chiefs because that's really what matters here over these next few years. And one s- statistic from Judy Bautista actually made me think about it a little bit different than I had. Josh Allen was tackled on 66% of his downfield runs in 2022. Just if you need another example, Patrick Mahomes only 22% of the time on his downfield runs. Now, Josh Allen also runs way more than Patrick Mahomes. So Patrick Mahomes runs less and is only hit on a fifth of the times he's running downfield. And Josh Allen is getting hit two-thirds of the time. This is not sustainable. You you ran into this. You mentioned this with with Lamar Jackson. And eventually the injury bug cut up with him. I don't know why we don't talk about this with Josh Allen nearly as much. In the next 10 years, Joe Burrow is much more. Trevor Lawrence 
is much more the guy you should be looking at how they're going to surround around than Josh Allen. And I'm not saying he might not have one more run, but he will run into it. I pointed this out with Cam Newton, and I think it's fair again. Cam Newton was the biggest bodied freak athlete I've ever seen until he wasn't because the injury started, and then they never stop when you run that race. Yeah, so a couple of things. One, as far as Lamar and Josh Allen, the difference, of course, is just that Josh Allen's a much bigger Size. body player. Yeah. Now, the but that's Newton, why I point out Cam that's, Newton. That's why I point out. And then I would say Josh Allen, I think, is a better passer now than Cam Newton was. And I know Cam Newton was. Which means his career probably MVP in, 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 in the running for MVP and everything. But, um, or did he actually win the MVP that year? He did win the MVP, right? Cam Newton win the MVP actually the year and they went fifteen and one or whatever it was with the Panthers. I can't remember. Either way, he was incredible that yeah, he particular year. Yeah. So Josh Allen, I think that organization clearly has been all in. We've seen every move. And they were willing and have been willing to basically put his body on the line far more than probably they should because of desperate like, let's go get that first ring and then maybe we would dial things back to preserve his longevity of his career. The problem is they don't have the ring. No. Nope. And and to your point, we, we just saw the you just laid out the numbers of where it's at. It can hit all so the what, time. I think they are going to have to dial it back. So is that why we're seeing rumblings and rumors of Derrick Henry trades to Buffalo or drafting Bijan Robinson in Buffalo? Because they need that running game for that offense, but it cannot just be Josh Allen, because that's what it has been. So that's what will be interesting over the next couple of years. Do they actually dial it back? If not, it will be problematic when Josh Allen is in his 30s. Are we all firmly in the Joe Burrow is going to be the bigger competition for Mahomes over the next decade camp? Or does anybody want Josh Allen? Who's going to compete more think- for them for AFC crowns? I think it's Burrow. I think it's, and by the way, this yeah. is a big thing factoring into my decision. Burrow's better all around quarterback. Yes. Yeah. And Josh Allen's probably more talented. This is the quarterback versus like, Josh Allen's yeah. more talented. He can do more things. The running game is a huge part of what makes him dangerous. It's less likely that when Josh Allen doesn't have big-name wide receivers around him that his offense will fall apart. I don't know that about Joe Burrow yet. I haven't seen him without T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. Like, Josh Allen, because of his ability to run the football, makes it a lot less likely that he can't, like, that they're all just going to shut down. But the problem is, it's like, he has got to find a way. If he's going to run this much, he's got to find a way to... Get hit less, but he he goes. Oh, so you got to get you got to get hit less, man. I think that's the. I don't know if that's how he can play. <laughs> like I think it, it's either less design runs because they call plenty of design runs in Buffalo with the quarterback and it, you know quarterback power or whatever, and it works. But I, I don't, he's not the guy to me that's just gonna shy away from con- like that is who he's been. My thing, it's much easier said than done to all of a sudden have Josh out not be that type of quarterback. I yeah I know because it's saying fight against your instinct, but it's just. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe this is the whole thing I've talked about with you with Travis Kelsey. Um, some guys just have a natural ability to get hit less. Like they're just better or they're I just mean, more cognizant of it, if that makes sense. Mahomes runs a decent amount in any NFL game. He runs a lot less than Josh Allen. Yeah, there's not design runs. But the fact, which is why he's getting hit <laughs> less. But there's still, I mean, there's still a, th- he's getting hit at three times the rate. Okay. So there is a certain part of, Josh Allen keeps doing the dumb things where he like jumps up in the air. The only times you see Mahomes do those is in moments of the game when he has to have. Well, that's, I mean, that is Josh it's Allen's like, skill set. That's why he got drafted because he can run the ball as well. That's a big part of why he got drafted. I know, but is he's developed special. as a passer. You yes, know, he's yes. got a huge arm. He's developed a lot as a passer. He can be special in other ways. He's still a freak athlete. He can still run the football, just run it less. And he's running 124 times. That's the problem. How many times <laughs> did Mahomes rush this year? Uh, I mean, not anywhere near that. <laughs> Not anywhere near 100 because they don't have design quarterback runs on a regular basis. Yeah, but he probably still runs two, three times a game, right? I bet he ran 40, 50 times. 60. Okay. 
So, I yeah, mean, 60 times. It's not as big of a ratio as you think, man. He's running twice as much as Patrick Mahomes, but yes, getting him three. No, I know, but he's getting hit three times as much. One guy is actively avoiding the contact. One guy is not. Like, this is like, and Joe Burrow, I mean, look, he gets well, yeah, hit because the that. whole sack thing. But it's just the more, the more and more I'm trying to decide. Because I think that that's what matters here. It's how do we think the rest of this is going to play out for Mahomes? Who's going to be the challenger of, in the this, AFC? This. Lamar Jackson could be out of the AFC. We don't know. Trevor Lawrence, it's like, eh, I'm going to need to see more there. Take the leap before we start taking that serious. And now Josh Allen can't get himself, you know, like, can't just keep himself out of trouble. I'm worried that's going to catch up with you, man. Well, you know, you, you mentioned he's not avoiding the contact. And that kind of has me thinking, you know who else isn't avoiding contact this offseason? A.J. Brown? A.J. Brown. I thought that's what you were. He's thinking. not, man. I can see he's you just laughing saying, you know back there. He's just saying, hey, okay, bring it on. I'm ready to face all on, all oncomers, and one of those oncomers, one of those guys slinging arrows this off season, uh-huh. is Juju Smith Schuster, which had us talking about mm-hmm. AJ Brown earlier today, and mm-hmm. you know last week the podcast came out. Mm-hmm. He's talking about how the Chiefs tried to trade for him last year. Yes, mm-hmm. and in said podcast. A.J. Brown can be seen this wearing... This is the longest setup ever. ...a Kansas City <laughs> Royals hat, which Alex astutely <laughs> pointed out in the last hour of the show. It's a good point. Let's take a listen to is that this, audio, Is this real time, we? or did you cut it shorter? This is real time. Mm, That's here we go. A.J. Brown, keep wearing that KC hat, man. I enjoy that. A.J. Brown, keep on wearing mm. the Kansas City hat that you had on in your podcast. Should the Chiefs trade for A.J. Brown? Yeah, definitely. Sure. Mm-hmm. Remember, A.J. Brown said the Chiefs tried to trade for him this past offseason. He also was wearing a Royals hat, so it would be a smooth <laughs> transition for him. I mean, gosh. <laughs> God, it's so much closer than I thought. And I always love it the way he just says it with such... Also, here's this other little nugget that you guys failed to mention. He always says it with a tone that nobody has said it. Like, almost smugness. Well, I'm always trying to say something like it hasn't been said. It's like very like uh, astute points. You know what it is? It's like it's like a, it's like there's a like Alex and I are walking at our own pace. You and know, Cody a- stops to tie his shoes, and then he runs up. He's trying to catch up to the conversation. <laughs> oh, also, he wore he's wearing a Royals hat. Twice this week, you've repeated people, and I'm gonna start pulling them. That's it. I will not be the only person villainized on this show. Oh, it is Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Nick Schwartz with you. Uh, who, who knows? Who knows if anything else will get repeated uh, this week or on the show. But let's head out to Surprise, Arizona, and welcome in Royals reliever Scott Barlow. Scott, great to have you on the show, man. How's it going? Good. How are you? We're, we're, we're fantastic. We were debating just a few minutes ago. I said I need to know the background information on the nickname, at least that MLB.com has for you, and I think you wore it for Players Weekend in 2019. Scoots Magoots. What's, yeah. what's the story there? Uh, yeah, so that was, what year was that? That was 2019? Was that 2019? I think so. Yeah. Uh, so I think at the time, yeah, in Arizona, it was when, you know, those bird scooters were all the rage. So I, I got one and I was riding it everywhere. So it was like my little scooter and then it just, you know, rolled off the tongue good, scoots magoots. So that's what I rolled with. Did you ever have any other nickname growing up or is it just like this one stuck once and you're like good enough for the Jersey this time? Yeah. Uh, so growing up, like as a kid, uh, at least my family, they would call me Scooter Pie. So I guess that was kind of like a little... Uh, <laughs> That's a tough one to take as an adult, yeah, though, man. Know. That's a tough one to be yeah. like, I'm a 29-year-old man, and I'd like to go by Scooter that, Pie. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one to wear on the back. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, let's do Scoots Magoots. 
I guess this is like I asked, uh, you know, like we asked Vinny, do you already start thinking about your walk-up music? On stuff like that, if you know there's going to be a player's weekend, do you already start thinking about what you want on the back or how early do they ask you what you're going to put on those? So that was in spring training, so it worked out perfect. Uh, but, yeah, I, we haven't had that in a while, so I don't I don't know if I'll roll with a different one or, or, or whatnot. But, yeah, we'll have to do some brainstorming if they bring that back. Now, where, where are you going? What's the setup in Arizona this go-around? I mean, you've been through multiple spring trainings at this point. The reason why I bring up your, your accommodations, Scott, because I didn't know this. You, you, you live out of, a, like, a caravan during the season or at least, like, an RV during the season. Is that true still? Oh, uh, yeah. So we actually have out here for spring right now. We're over uh, kind of by Lake Pleasant, which is north of uh, Surprise. So we got out here right now. Uh, this past season, we lived in an actual house. We got a, we, we got a house uh, this past off season. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, three for three years we uh, we lived out of that during season, and it worked out perfect. And now we just kind of use it for spring, and uh, it's a good little setup. It's easier to try to f- try to find that than uh, you know trying to find apartments, especially when you know the waste management and Super Bowl are going on. What was the what was the breaking point for the let's get a house during the regular season part? <laughs> I feel like there just had to be a moment where you're like, all right, there's too much. Like you had like eight bats in there, gloves, right? You're like, I can't do this anymore. Uh. Well, so it actually turned out to be that, you know, uh, my wife's family, we were uh, we were living out of uh, kind of their like guest house cottage area for a while. And uh, so they were getting to the point where they were they're they're moving on, building the house and selling that off. So uh, that was the breaking point. It was actually the camper. The camper was perfect setup, had plenty of storage, all all the all the spots for the the gloves and balls and everything and and for the dogs. So, uh, yeah, it was just because, you know, off season, my family's uh you know housing situation they're moving out so uh that was kind of the reason what, what now i'm curious so you said it was the, the camper was was perfect for you guys you had plenty of room obviously for the dogs so like what's the what was the actual setup i mean how many tv like wh- how, how nice was this thing it was nice so it's 40 feet long uh and it's got like i think three or four slides that pop out so it gives you a little bit more room um you know full kitchen dishwasher you know residential fridge uh, it's got a, you know, living room area with a TV and then, uh, you know, bedroom and a little closet area, you know, shower, two sinks in the, in the bathroom. And so it's a, it's a good setup. And then, and then, uh, another TV in the bedroom area. Speaking of Sp- Scott Barlow here on Cody and gold, we were talking a little bit about the, the rules for baseball and the way that they were changing. One of the things that came out from there is maybe teams are going to go back to the bullpen card thoughts on if Ooh. the Royals would implement a bullpen card. <laughs> Ooh, I don't see. I even even the years past when they had it, I never took advantage of it. I don't. It just it seems weird. But you know, if it's if this are cool one, and you know, I think Detroit had a really cool one that was all decked out and had some cool rims and a cool paint job. But uh, you know, I like I kind of like the run a little bit. It gets you warmed up and and everything. But uh, you know, if there's a cool one, I might have to take advantage of it next time. Of course, uh, it's being brought up because just the timing that you guys now are a little bit more limited. How has that adjustment been already? Uh, everybody's keeping an eye on pace of play and, and these pitch clocks. I like it. Um, you know, it's it's something where you know you're you know paying attention to just you know being aware of it. Um, you know, I probably was going maybe a little too quick my first one because I feel I feel like you know I had I was ready to go with like 14 seconds left and just like it was almost like a, a workout. Uh, you know, not trying to not trying to be too slow and even the, this last one took a, I knew that I had a way more time than I was uh, you know thinking so I I think I got you know probably closer to that you know four or five second left range and um, but yeah I like it you know it, it's it's something where um, 
you know, I didn't really necessarily have to think too much. It was everything became more reactionary. Um, and I find that actually pretty useful because, you know, there's some points and times in the game where, um, you know, you could probably overthink a little bit and, you know, that little extra time can, uh, um, allude to that. But, uh, yeah, I liked, I liked this, the, the speed of play. I mean, games are going by pretty quick. Um, you know, which just has a really good tempo to it. I think from an outsider's perspective, we're like, Hey, a pitching change or pitching coaching change can be good for a team that needed a big improvement in that from last year to this year, but that's not the case for you, right? You're coming off of the best year of your career. How do you work in dealing with a new pitching staff, knowing that you had a lot of success under the old model? Yeah. I mean, there's always, I mean, always room for improvement. Um, even looking back last year, like, um, you know, there's definitely points in times where, you know, I, I think I can improve and, you know, maybe add a new pitch here and there and, um, you know, try to not be too, uh, you know, fall on the same line as, you know, from year to year and be predictable. So, um, I mean, there's as a as a pitcher, you're never, you know, a complete product and, you know, you can always try to get better, add a new pitch or uh, try to improve in one area of your game. So, um, you know, that that was one thing going in this spring training is, you know, I wanted to work on. Um, you know, a sinker and, and try to get something, you know, to play off off speed that's always going away to righties and, you know, try to find something that has movement into righties and, um, you know, trying to locate that and, 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 and perfect that as much as possible. So how's that going so far? So, so the, the sinker, is that something that you, I mean, it sounds like you're, you're hoping to be able to utilize come opening day and, and come the start of the season? Yeah. Um, you know, even even from, from from last year, you know, trying to, you know, trying to get ahead of the curve and, 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 and get a get a good feel for that and uh coming into spring and, and picking them uh picking the minds of the new pitching coaches and and you know working on grips and what what's the best grip and you know has the most consistent movement and then um you know getting to base hitters for the first time and getting their input and seeing like hey is this like actually like a viable pitch that I could throw and does it have you know value to it and you know getting good feedback from our hitters and then throwing games and um you know seeing results and you know positive results and be like okay like this is an actual uh you know good pitch that I could actually use and utilize and uh get good results from um and you know a lot of it was tinkering at first to see you know which 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 bet which was the best grip and you know came to one that was pretty you know your standard uh kind of two seam grip and found that you know that had the best you know consistent movement you know whether it was away to a righty or in into a righty and um but yeah it's it's been it's been awesome playing around with that considering the success you've had here in kansas city are you have you had conversations are you interested in staying here long term oh yeah of course you know we we got a house um you know out here you know like i said you know about a year ago and um you know it's going to be home base you know regardless but uh yeah love the love the city love the team love the organization and um you know, been, been very happy. Have those conversations started at all with the team? Uh, no, not, not in super depth, but, um, you know, just, you know, just trying to pitch well and and, and work hard every day and, you know, what may, what what come may, but, uh, you know, just, just trying to, just trying to get better every day and, uh, you know, just maybe see what happens down the road. So. We had uh, Scott, we had J.J. Bacola on the show yesterday, and he mentioned he wasn't going to be making the trip up to, to Las Vegas when you guys are, are going to be playing up there, I guess, in, in a week or a couple weeks from now. Uh, I'm assuming you've been to Las Vegas before, but what, what's the feeling of having some games up in up in Las Vegas here during spring? <laughs> That's It's a cool idea. Uh, you know, definitely, you know, 
adding any sort of travel in spring is you know it's <laughs> it's almost like a little like practice kind of uh practice run for the season so uh yeah i think it's a cool idea uh gotten to got to pitch at that ballpark uh with omaha and, um it's a it's a cool spot uh should be should be really interesting to watch for sure split squad game are you going to go to vegas I don't know. I haven't found out yet. I mean, if, they, if I'm on the list, I'll go. You're I mean, the veteran, not? right? Don't you get a little bit of say in that? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I could talk to somebody like, hey, I really want to go. But, uh, yeah, it would be, be cool. Are you Vegas guy? Because like J.J. flat out said he's not Vegas guy. Uh, it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's cool to, to see. You know, I've been as a kid, um, and then obviously with Omaha and stuff, um, you know, I think – Maybe two days max is about. That's about right. About yeah, it, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not like a, a huge gambler or anything, but uh, it's still cool to see, you know, all the lights and the, and the, and the, and the shows and stuff. So, which one of your teammates do you think is the most Vegas guy? <laughs> I have my answer, so I'm curious yours. Amir, because he lives there. Oh, <laughs> oh, he lives in Vegas. Okay, yeah, okay. he lives in Vegas. So I'm uh, going to go with Amir. Well, then I guess Amir Garrett. That wouldn't have yeah. been my answer. Was, so I guess that's good to know. Who was your guest? MJ. Then? MJ, uh, MJ Melendez. Yeah. He MJ, seems okay. like he'd love Vegas. Yeah, yeah I, I bet. Yeah, I, I could see that. <laughs> Scott Barlow, really appreciate the time, man. Good to talk with you. Absolutely, thank you. There you go. That is Royals reliever Scott Barlow joining us here on Cody and Gold. Yeah, MJ is a strong answer for like Mr. Vegas. Five. That's yeah, his five. That's, yeah, no, that's fair. I think that's a, that's who I thought you were. Actually, who I thought you were leaning towards. I wonder, like, Mir Garrett, he, he's from Las Vegas, or he lives, I don't know if he's from there, he lives there, maybe that's, I feel like if you live there, probably just, after a while, would it even seem like that big of a deal? Like, probably imagine not. living in that city for years and years? It would probably just seem like. I doubt you're going to the MGM that's Grand what every that's Friday. What I'm like, my sister. I'm not going to go check out the fa- uh, fountains at the Bellagio. Yeah, like, <laughs> my, week. like, my sister lived out there for, what was it, like, three or four years. And unless we were visiting her, I was, at, you know, people were visiting her, she didn't go, like, she didn't go down to the Las Vegas Strip. Like you, you avoid that area, if anything. Yeah, you're like, that's where the tourists it's go. It's also way more money, and it's, you know, it's just hectic. Like, no, there's plenty of other areas. If you live in Henderson or any of the other suburbs that are out there in Las Vegas. Thanks to Scott Barlow for joining us. All right, coming up next, we'll get to the Chiefs Red Half Hour. We'll probably mix in a little trash of the day. And how much does these grades, or do these grades actually matter for the Chiefs in the NFL? That's next. Chiefs Kingdom, this is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold, every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. All right, it is the Chiefs Red Half Hour. Oh, I can tell you at the end of it, we're going to sneak in a little trash of the day. Appreciate Scott Barlow calling in. Got to the bottom of the nickname. See, we're good. Told you we're good. Nick didn't want me to ask. Nothing wrong with Scoots Magoots. Well... We don't know what kind of things That's he did. That's not on the entirely scooter. true because what we once uh, once you said okay, Scott, thanks for coming on, and then uh-huh. I took him off the air, and then I, but I have him in queue so I could still hear him, what? and I heard him just say, oh, okay. I kind of muttered under his breath. He was just like, "What is that guy?" <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's that guy's problem. <laughs> Ask me about the like I told him. He's like, I told him not to ask about scooters. The one thing, their producer Nick promised me he wasn't going to ask him about the 2019 nickname. He goes, God, the producer's the only reason I even agreed to go on that show. <laughs> he had a lot of. He was muttering for a long time. Thanks to our. Do guy, you have a good uh, reputation reputation amongst Royals players? Oh, dude, yes. <laughs> Thanks to uh, our guy Vern though for for setting up those interviews uh, throughout the last week or so with various members of the Royals. We we do hope to have MJ Melendez on if uh, maybe Friday. Uh, tomorrow, if not early next week, before he heads out for the World Baseball Classic with uh, Team Puerto Rico. And uh, be, it'd be kind of cool if it ends up having Italy and Puerto Rico play. I know the brackets are all different, but just because of the... It would be pretty funny to have Melendez go up against Vinny Pasquantino 
uh, and some of those guys just because of the trash talk that that I'm sure would be fantastic. Ben, just, Singer, ben just clearing brawl. Yeah, Singer, Team USA. Team USA, and it, like, Team USA is one of the best teams in the entire thing, so yes. It's a chance. I think it's the the Dominican Republic is the current favorite. Yeah, I haven't looked at the teams. odds. You can bet on it. Of course you can. Of course you can. I mean, why not, right? Yeah. The question is, will you? Not uh, me. Not me. That's a, It's a pure game, dude. I don't want to ruin it with gambling. This is about the world. Dominican Republic is the favorite, plus 250. USA, USA second, yeah. plus 275. Uh, I will say Italy. Puerto Rico, Italy. plus 2200. Yeah. Only bet on it if you're betting on America, man. Can't put a price tag <laughs> on patriotism. That's right, Nate. In my opinion. And you can. You oh. can't put a price tag on it. Not me. <laughs> I won't. You're willing, you, huh? you're willing to if do If you that. want to betray your country, that's fine, Cody. You go I right didn't say. Ahead. I didn't say a price tag on, you know, tyranny. I just said a price tag no on patriotism. No tyranny, dude. It's, if, if you're looking for a word, it would be being a traitor, I guess. Yeah. It would probably be better. Mm-hmm. Benedict Tap over there. Hmm. So you're not willing to back our country? That's huh. not what I said. Okay. I support... I support our our Put troops. money on it right I now. I support our baseball troops. Put some money on it. Our baseball troops. <laughs> Traveling abroad. Yep. They will be in. They will Fighting be. battles overseas. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly how they look at it. Yeah. How far back is Team Italy? Oh, I closed it. All right. I closed okay, the window okay. already. It's not worth it. They were like 100 to 1. 100 to 1, I believe, honestly. Okay. I think they were 100 to 1. Uh, we, we all, uh, in our place of employment, I'm sure, have filled out maybe every year, if not at some point, you have the, you know a survey, right, to give your company an idea of how they're doing, right? You fill out the survey, it's anonymous, and it's questions like, do you feel that you've been given the tools to excel in your job? Is your workplace comforting? Is, what, what changes would you like to see? How do you think we're doing in this? How is leadership? All that. We've all, we've all been there before. In fact, we just filled out a survey like a, a week or two or a month or so ago. And it's like, do you think that your co-host is actually someone you can work with? And there was a long answer I had to give for that one. There was a very long answer. Cody really? had to do the same thing. Interesting. Cody said he was completely negative in his. No, so, I said I was honest. Negative. No, I, I said honest. <laughs> Which I didn't say negative. Either way, the NFL PA decided to do something similar, Cody. Turns out they had a real dose of honesty they, as well. They definitely did. They definitely did because it did not pan out well for a lot of teams. And the Chiefs were one of the bottom four teams in this NFL Players Association team report card. So every team uh, was graded on this. And every you know player from this past season was asked to fill out a survey. Categories like tr- how they treat their families when they're around, nutrition, weight room, strength staff, training room, training staff, locker room. These were all things that were part of the the conversation, or at least the survey, I should say, for NFL teams. And, yeah, it wasn't great for the Chiefs, to say the least. Luckily, they have a Super Bowl in their back pocket, so it's one of those. And two where, of the last four. Yeah, but but the Chiefs ended up 29th, actually, out of 32 teams. They Their worst grade was uh, a, a F for team travel. Now, there was actually four other. Is teams that because that, they got to fly out? Do they fly out of Charles B. Wheeler? I have to ask Kling on that one. Here's why they. I said bet it. they do. And I'll is that, is that a question worth asking? You want to spend time talking call about Kling. that? Can you go call, call <laughs> Kling real quick. Yeah, Talk about yeah. Charles B. Wheeler. Um, no, we so can do whatever we want. The worst excuse to ever have him on the show. So here's why. Is he alive? So I don't Kling. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was fine like two hours ago. I would hope so. Drunk, drinking some beer. I was talking some beer Charles home. B. Wheeler. Uh, anyway, my goodness. <laughs> so the Chiefs, uh, now Cody's going to look it up, of course. Uh, oh, that's good. The Chiefs got an F for travel. Clean? Tied for 20. You okay? 
59 of players feel like they have enough room to spread out. One of six teams that make young players have roommates. That's where they got knocked on. The young players didn't want to have roommates. They're one of the six. It's like seems like an old school approach, probably. It is and kind of very few first class seats, which I'll look. <clears throat> I, um, <laughs> I, I understand that they are professional athletes. And look, they're world champs. Come on. They, they They've des- been on some, they, some of these guys have been they, on other teams. They deserve the best. They are the world champs. No disputing that. But if that's what's prompting the F grade, this is also why I really don't give a damn about the grades too much. Because if part of the reason they got an F for travel is there's just not enough first class seats on a, on a flight that's already chartered, that already Dude. is bringing you food whenever the hell you want. And we cling has told us they bring them gummy bears and Skittles, whatever the hell they want. So, no, Dude. I don't think it's this terrible flight experience. But come on. Isn't there some of this, though, that if you are in the minority and it's from just a pure comfort standpoint, you're being cheap. Like, that's how it comes off. If you're one of only six teams who makes rookie share rooms, don't make us share rooms. If you're one of only 11 teams. Are they being cheap or does this go back to Andy Reid, St. Joe mentality, just as kind of an old school approach? Look, there's part of that. But like in the Cardinals case, we're calling them cheap because they were the only team who was charging for food. (laughs) Look, but if you're one of only a handful that is still doing the old school mindset, Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised to find out. Mostly my whole takeaway from this whole thing, I swear, was facilities. Yeah. They just need better facilities. All these players came from division one schools who definitely have better locker rooms right. and better setups and hell probably sometimes even better travel situations than the chiefs have because of the money that runs through these division one power five programs, especially the sec. We've yeah. seen the videos of what Alabama's locker room looks sure. like. And the it's chiefs, bonkers. And the chiefs did actually redo the locker room at Arrowhead, but the complaint is it's still too small. And that's not going to change till the Arrowhead's because either they demolished can't. or yeah. there's renovations. Here's what they said on the, uh, on the locker room. D minus 73% of the team felt they had enough personal space. Many complain, many players complain that they want to have a chair at their locker instead of a stool. So they can lean back when sitting. That doesn't feel like worth giving somebody a D for. It also by the feels way. like that you wish that there was a back on your seat. It also feels like a very easy fix. Bring some damn chairs in next season, okay? Do you think that any? By the that's the. Do you think that the Chiefs are going to do anything different because of this? I mean, this that part seems like a quick fix. Like they're not going to change the size of the locker room. They can't until there's renovations. No. But putting a chair instead of a stool seems like a very. But are they going to give them their own room? I don't know. Are they going to change anything about how they operate as a result of this? The only thing this tells Clark Hunt is we need a new stadium and mm-hmm. we need more space. And once we have more space, we can fix 80% of these problems. And then I guess, and look, the first class seat thing, there's nothing to be done about that. I don't have any solution for you there. The one that I actually think might be the most concerning, but also I'm really confused because of the compliment this training staff has received, especially throughout the playoffs with Patrick Mahomes and his ankle, right? I mean, they were praised left and right. Yeah, but they received a they were dead last training staff, according to players on this team in this anonymous. That survey. was surprising. Rated the lowest among training staffs. Here's what it said. Uh, with the lowest rating and concerning qualitative responses, they learned that players key concerns are with head trainer Rick Burkholter, not the rest of the training staff, which is well liked. Player respondents express beliefs and opinions that, quote, they feel discouraged from reporting their injuries. They do not feel they get the level of personal care that they should. And they fear retribution for speaking up for better care. That, that part, one's a little that yeah. that last one is the concerning part. Mm-hmm. The not being able to speak up because you need better care or worry that you can't die, you know, you can't admit injuries. Those are the parts that you don't want teams to be saying. And that one is the of all the things in this report. Is that the only real actual concerning one? That and the the, the part about the training room where it says 
the 77% feel they have enough, uh, like athletic trainers or whatever, ATCs, that's the fourth worst in the league. 61% said they feel they have enough uh, physical uh, physical therapists. That's the fourth worst in the league. Those, to me, are things that should just be very easily corrected. Like, you're going to have to, you know. Add a few more staff yeah, members. Yeah. But it's also like. They, they were the, they were one of the best for strength. Although the, most strength coaches graded well in this. They were an A-minus for strength coaches, but that was still only 17th in the league. A lot of this is they're young, and I still think that that's playing a factor here and some of the experience that comes with it. But again, there's only a couple of things you actually need to fix. you got to find out why your players in an anonymous survey are saying they don't trust the training staff. I'd start right there. That's one. And then everything else, Gold, we've said it. You are limited by what Arrowhead provides you. You cannot make any of the space you have there bigger. You just can't. And when you go through the trouble and there's only so much money you want to sink into an aging stadium that I honestly think Clark Hunt's going to want to replace anyway. I'm not sure that it's going to go down that way. And I know it's going to upset a lot of Chiefs fans, the same as the Kaufman downtown stadium part. But I'll be honest with you. As soon as Kaufman gets approved to be downtown instead, the Chiefs are going to start kicking the tires real hard on what a new fancy stadium of theirs would look like. You know, they just are because they're going to run into the same problems because all the issues with how much they're claiming it's going to cost to fix Kaufman versus build a new stadium is all related to the exact same concrete they use well, to they, build Arrowhead. Concrete cancer, I believe, is the exact term that they have been using, at least on the Royals' side, to describe the concrete at Kaufman. Look, it's a beautiful stadium. I love being at Kaufman Stadium, but I understand why eventually they're trying to make those moves. Arrowhead's going to run into the exact same thing. You can put lipstick on the pig if you want, and that's not the problem that they're running into yet because they've done a really good job here taking care of it. But that's the biggest takeaway. Yeah, like no, nobody wants their no, nobody wants to be graded poorly, or and, and certainly it's not something even as a fan like you want your organization to to show up like this in these grades. I will still say two Super Bowls in four years. I don't think a free agent, and that's the whole genesis. It's not going to come here because the, the nutrition's the, bad. The, the, you know, the genesis of this entire report was from players trying to benefit future free agents and where to go, where not to go. Yeah, I, I don't think they're gonna say, man. The, uh, you know, the the nutrition, the cafeteria wasn't big enough, Cody. So uh, can't come to Kansas City. Well, this someone's not gonna get a choice to come to Kansas City based on this sounder. They're gonna get drafted and they're gonna come here with apparently too small of a cafeteria well, or whether, stools instead of chairs. To be fair, whether or not I played the sounder, somebody's <laughs> gonna have to come to Kansas City when they get drafted. They're actually gonna trade all their draft picks for I future don't, draft I, picks. I didn't determine it's that. Load up Just, for what would you think? What would you think about the Chiefs move? If they traded all. This year's draft picks for better picks next year. No, that would be problematic. No, no. You know what? I like this draft class based off the Chiefs' draft needs. Plenty of defensive linemen, pass catchers, plenty of corners. I don't even think. I mean, for me, I would go pass catchers next. But yeah, to your point, there's plenty of D linemen, uh, tight ends, wide receivers, wherever you want to go. There are a lot of great options. This draft comes to us, guys, courtesy of USA Today. Okay. And they actually have the Chiefs. It's just cheating a little bit. I don't know. Oh, no. I'll get your guys' thoughts on this. They have the Chiefs trading up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's possible to trade up. The Chiefs just did it last year. Right. But without knowing the terms of these deals, sometimes it seems a little fishy. They have the Chiefs trading up to spot number 19. Whoa, okay. bigger move than last 19, year. 19, where he has them selecting Jordan Addison, wide oh, receiver oh, oh. from USC. Just yesterday, we discussed if they're going to trade up, I said, if they're going to trade up into the teens, go, it needs to be one of three wide receivers. Jordan Addison was one of them, uh, the Quentin Johnson kid, and then uh, Njigba. And this one, of course, involves Jordan Addison. So, yeah, I, yeah. I would not hate this at all. And he's, would not hate that he, at all, His skill set seems to be very in line with the type of wide receivers. He's only six foot. That Andy Reid drafted. 
but quick as hell, great speed, good separation skills. Like, that's the type. We always talk about the big-bodied wide receivers and why Andy Reid's never got He likes guys who can separate. He likes guys who can get open, and that's what this dude does. He was the Bolitnikoff Award winner, which goes to the nation's top receiver two years ago where he was at Pitt, and then last year transferred to USC uh, where he finished his college career. So it's not going to follow the most recent NFL model, which is they just draft him for Kenny Pickett to pair him up because that's happened multiple <laughs> yeah. times. Yeah, the uh, the player the, last the player comp for him. A, a couple different websites have him comped as uh, Tyler Lockett, which has had a very very nice uh, NFL career. Uh, if yeah, they trade yeah. <laughs> up to number nineteen for Addison, they're not going to bring back Juju, right? Well, That's a lot of resources you know, to go sign the highest-priced free agent wide receiver and trade up to number 19 to yeah, take a wide right. receiver. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. But it's interesting in that it would be a big shift in terms of, like, skill set. Juju is not a separation machine, right? He's a big physical receiver. That's not who this guy is. Now, I don't think that there's, like, they're not always going to have a big physical receiver and have a separation guy. Like, you go based yeah, the off— The year before, they had the separation guy in Tyreek right. Hill, not the big physical guy. And I think— if we were to if we we're to project the next ten years of the Patrick Mahomes era, I think last year will be more of an anomaly than the new expectation. I think more often than not, let's go off the history of Andy Reid. What does he like? They're going to get guys who can get open, and that's who this is. No, like, I, would, I would, I would absolutely, I would like right now. I would lock if you told me this was the exact scenario. And but as you said, we don't know what what, what picks they gave. But up. But we kind of know how the trade chart last, works. Yeah, what they're going to give up. Last yeah. year they moved up to twenty one, and this one now they're coming from thirty one, not twenty eight. So it's a little bit more. But if, if you told me they traded in the teens and Jordan Addison or any of those three wide receivers were the guy they trade, I would love it. I think I think we all would probably like it. That's about as high as they're going to be able to get any time in the next like decade for <laughs> wide receiver. Like unless they're going to make the big move and they're going to trade to like number ten. We saw that right. We've seen teams go all the way up the draft for their star wide receiver. 19 like an acceptable move. It's like a price you can afford to make in order to make. I mean, I, I kind of like it. I, I don't know that the, if Jordan Addison's the guy that I'm like dead set on having, but you probably mentioned it. There are what three wide receivers who are worthy of going in that top 20 area. Yeah. Quinn Johnson, Addison and Njigba. But what if I, what if I had just told you instead of, categorizing it as wide receivers. What if I told you the Chiefs were going to trade up into the top 20 to draft a pass catcher? I told you. I'm fine with Which would tight include end. tight ends. Yeah. Because I think there is a legitimate chance. There's yeah, a legitimate I mean, chance that end. we could see seven to eight pass catchers drafted in the first yeah, round. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah mentioned that in the first three rounds in general, just with the tight end position, we might see a record amount of tight ends drafted. Yeah. That's how that's how deep and talented some of the experts believe the tight end class Because I wouldn't be shocked to see go... Four wide receivers, four tight ends, yeah. or three or no. five wide receivers, three tight ends, all in the first round. Now, this is an interesting scenario from the text line from the nine one three says, "Hey, would you rather do this? Trade up, get Addison at nineteen, or stay at thirty one? And I tell you that Jalen Hyatt just is sitting there at thirty one, and I, I don't have to trade up at all. I think I would rather get Addison. Hyatt, Hyatt is a speedster, boomer bust, truly boomer bust guy. Who, right, Hyatt, we, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, I, absolutely. I think Addison's more of a complete." wide receiver a guy who you can count on to get separation and be a great route I mean, runner if if the Chiefs said hey we're not trading up we're sitting there on thursday in downtown kansas city and it's we're, we're the chiefs are a pick away and, and he's still on the board and addison's long gone and they're standing pat and and hyatt's there at 31 i wouldn't hate the pick but between the two i, I would i would still prefer 
trading up and getting Addison. But I wouldn't if you if they're sitting there at thirty one, that's who they drafted. I don't think we'd be upset me, about Jalen. Yeah, but the Hyatt risk means I can't do exactly what we were just talking about. Like if you do Hyatt, I think you got to pair him with. It doesn't have to be Juju. But you got to pair him with a veteran wide receiver to do. It. Like if you do Addison mm-hmm. and you're saying we're a young wide receiver core and we are Tony Sky Moore, Addison, Travis Kelsey, and MVS, I'll have that conversation. But if you tell me that guy's Hyatt instead. Then I would like another veteran wide receiver, at least in the interim, in order to kind of just. I want you guys to prepare for the fact that (laughs) over the next three to four weeks, you will both be getting anonymous text messages from Jay Binkley with just the words Jalen Hyatt in it, because that is his (laughs) official draft crush. Yes, that's his guy. But we don't even have mock number one out yet. Yeah, until after Mach the combine, one, Bink. Oh, he waits until after the combine. Bink wants all the information. He's got to see these guys lift some <laughs> weights. I would almost guarantee you. I will. I will guarantee you. Get me odds right now that he will mock Jalen Hyatt. Will he every every week though? He every likes to week? stay consistent, but I'm telling you, mock number one Is will Jalen Hyatt 100% have Jalen Hyatt. Okay. Let's get to the trash of the day. Trash of the day. Oh, something's coming back, guys. It's been ten years. You have waited 10 years. KFC is bringing back their fan favorite. Oh, God. After nearly 10 years, the KFC double down. Limited time, four days from now. They're doubling down on the double down? They are. If you don't remember what the double down is, there's no bread. The typical sandwich instead uses two fried chicken fillets as the bun. In between that, two slices of cheese, bacon, and your choice of mayo or their spice sauce. Debuted in 2010, they sold more than 10 million of them. It does have 1,800 milligrams of sodium, which is like 125% of your daily (laughs) (laughs) daily required or or suggested. How many calories does it have? Bottles of water does it come with? Yeah, you better have have a drink. You You better have a drink. It was successful. We tried one on air back in about like eight years ago. I've, I've done that before. So you've uh, already had this it. This claims it only has 540 calories, guys. You've had a double down. I have. Not the whole thing, though. I've never had one. Have you, Nick? Are you no. saying we need Would to it make you feel you gross on? just to try it? I to feel like a I bite? feel gross just to no, eat it. No. My big thing with sandwiches like that is, like, is it, how hard is it to bite into one? It looks like a mess. Oh, it's, it's definitely a mess. You know, like when they have the burger challenges at restaurants. And it's you like, got to keep the wrapper around that it. Thing and I'm not even going to finish the sentence, but yeah, <laughs> you were waiting. Cut you off. Uh-uh. Here's I a tried website. to stop. There's a website, kfcdoubledowndrop.com. You can go on there and be one of the first people to sign up, uh, and you'll get a, access to get it a day early. As if you cannot. I'm doing, I'm doing it right you now. You can't. I'm going to do it right wait. now. You're getting a double down early? No, Why? I'm just going to sign up for it. I think there's no way I'm one of the first 2,000 people that have done this. So I hit submit. We'll see what it says. I do love I mean, like, in terms of, fa- of chicken. Look at that. In terms thing. of fast food, like God, dude, it looks a crispy awful. piece of chicken from KFC is about as good as it gets. From KFC, that's yes. what you wanted to have said. I like no, Popeyes. I said in terms of fast food. I like Popeyes. Dude, the Popeyes near oh. work closed the other day. It says, day. "Congrats, you're you're part of the double down drop." Maybe I'm gonna get it a day early. We're gonna have to do it on air again, aren't we? We're gonna have to bring three double down sandwiches into this double building. Down. I would take a bite of a double down. Yeah, like I'm, I wouldn't I'm do. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do like a double, like a a Big Mac or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I would do the okay. double down. All right, let's a do the bite. Du- let's do the double down now. I'm not gonna do. Uh, we'll get yours with mayo if you want. I'm gonna get mine with the spicy sauce. I'd like instead. the spicy sauce as well. Yeah. Actually, I want the spicy sauce. Okay. Around the, around if there's the, anybody that works for KFC that's listening, uh, 
you can drop those by next week if you would like. Or maybe our new intern can do it. That's true. We I'm are still intern accepting chat. internship we might by next week. Applications. The process moves quickly here at 610 Sports. Radio. Radio. <laughs> KCSB. I still haven't asked how many applications we've gotten. Should I go do that in the break? I'm guessing we've gotten like four or five. Couldn't that just, be, we've a, could that just be an email? Yeah, it's an email. Good call. But they're just here. I like the... the I, I feel like you're always looking for tasks. <laughs> I don't think so. Should I go do that? Should I do this thing? Yeah, why don't you leave right now, actually? Why don't you go down there? Why don't you go down there right now? There's still like a oh, minute you earned left. It. Go you ahead, earned go it. Ahead, man. Go ahead, man. Go find out. I'm going to send an email <laughs> because you guys are jerks. <laughs> go ahead. Go get, go get our answer real quick. I'm sending an email because you guys said, oh, we can't go, go see people. You know, I still think that seeing uh, people face-to-face <laughs> matters in this world. Okay, uh-huh. Maybe you guys just want to stare down at your phones, mm-hmm. look at your computers, not pay attention to people in the world around you, but, you know, I mm-hmm. care about those things. Yeah, but don't you ever wonder what those people care about and if they want you <laughs> barging into their office at random yeah, hours of the day? Yeah, she may not want to see you face-to-face. Dude, there's no one in this building. It'd be like seeing someone for the first time in, like, two weeks. It'd be fantastic. Maybe Human people, interaction. Have you ever thought people want to be left alone? Text line, do you have to have a college degree to fill out the Absolutely app? No. not. High school or GED, 18 years or older, that is it. Everything else will go through the interview process. That's the, those are the only Zero two, like, other The only steadfast things are, are that. And, and it's a paid internship. It's paid, and we don't drug test. Okay? So. Why did you toss that out? We don't. Just telling people. They might be worried. Mm-hmm. That might remove some candidates. They might be worried, man. Uh, can't do that. Can't do that after what happened this In past fact, weekend. In fact, if you want to bring some drugs to <laughs> the <laughs> interview... <laughs> You can't encourage Just kidding, that. Don't do that. But, you know. Someone says during the interview, scooch closer when they give a good answer, bad answer, just sigh and start moving your chair further and further <laughs> That'll be away. your indication. It's like the person who puts the ones at the end of the table and takes them away as they don't like the server's job they're doing. Oh, just slowly oh, move further away. Uh, Ooh, sorry. You are further from getting this job now. Oh, you spilled but some of luck. that water? That's a dollar away. That'd be so messed up. That'd be a pretty terrible way to handle it. How do we apply? Odyssey? careers you can just google that and then click on kansas city and then look for part-time promotional assistant odyssey careers kansas city part-time promotional assistant is actually what you will apply under i've sent an email requesting finding out how many applications we've had so we can report back later in the show from the 816 hi i'm inquiring about the paid internship for the 18th best radio show i need six, that's, that's- i need a six-figure salary and frequent vacations i can lift hundreds of pounds if needed That's hundreds of hundreds pounds. Of really hundreds not part of, of the pounds. part. Not part That's of the, pretty much the whole interview process part, is a weightlifting competition. It's not a, Six weeks vacation feels like a lot. Again, but, it's not know, part of fine. the physical requirement. I'll read you once again the physical requirements for this job. That is not No, one but of you got to list at least 35 to 40 pounds. While it does say, uh, while performing the duties of the job, the employee is frequently required to stand, walk, sit, use hands to finger, handle, or feel objects. So It does say something about lifting in there. Uh, it says... Climb stairs, ladders, balance, stoop, steal, kneel, crouch, crawl, talk, hear, or smell. You must occasionally lift and move up to 35 pounds. Specific vision abilities. Remember when Nick was telling us he had good vision to be a quarterback. You do have to have close vision, distance vision, cl- color vision, peripheral vision, depth perception. Uh, that's their the rule, not ours. To adjust. I don't care if you have bad okay. depth perception. You yeah, can we don't venture shame on this show. No. Can I intern from home? No. You will have to get your ass out of your house. <laughs> yeah. And the rest here. of your body. <laughs> You're going to have to physically show up here for this to work. Yeah. 
Very true. All right, guys, coming up next, we will get to what's trending and something that Brett Veach had to say about one particular player and his future in KC. There's Kelsey to the end zone. Cody and Go-